Okie doke. So, I don't think I've been doing this for a week yet. Whatever it was, I started this, I think, the morning after the quarantine set in. Uh, it uh, is a good thing to have centering and uh, to be figuring out always these alarms <laughs> that uh, figuring out how to be saying something or talking on some uh, subject that isn't just, you know, turning this thing on and rambling and telling people, uh, oh, I have a podcast now. But uh, I think the audiobooking is fun and something I enjoy. Oh, actually, no, you know what? That was <laughs> one time that the alarm actually is relevant because it was my reminder uh, about the subject I wanted to do with today's uh, uh, podcast that I thought out last night as I've been doing some audiobooking and started from wanting to talk about uh, biblical stories and the biblical fiction I'm doing uh, of my own. Uh, mostly working from the what is usually called the Book of Samuel or Books of Samuel, but really should be called the Samuel Saga in big lights. And if you happen to be quarantined right now in a uh, hotel or motel, please feel free to reach into your bedside drawer if you want to follow along because uh, we have an interesting passage today uh, from Samuel, second book of Samuel, uh, which is an interesting angle to introduce uh, one of my favorite characters people don't know from uh, this saga, which is uh, Joab. And uh, people really only know two stories uh, from this book, uh, which are David and Goliath, which I've written about and we'll talk about sometime. Uh, and uh, David and Bathsheba, or vaguely remember that name, uh, that it is a story about an affair that uh, David has and uh, the need to cover it up. And... Uh, Let's see, just looking for, I think it's chapter 11. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so that, hmm, gotcha. Okay, so 
And I'm going to make a note of this just for the description of the podcast, if y'all will bear with me. Uh, and if you want to close the window or uh, pause, there's nothing I can do to stop you. But uh, this is from today is the second book of Samuel. And it is chapters two and hang on chapter two and chapter 11 and actually there is an interesting uh, kind of modern precursor to or not precursor. Uh, uh, there's a thing in Breaking Bad, of all things, that actually uh, is a great uh, parallel to this. So uh, there are a lot of things about that show that are brilliant. Uh, it's actually, that's a stupid thing to say. That's the show itself is just uh, like Reservoir Dogs. Uh, you know, it has changed the landscape of the things you can do with uh, uh, ongoing uh, storytelling in that medium. Uh, but there is a thing not to a uh, uh, little bit of a spoiler, but <laughs> Walter White, who starts off uh, as being this mild-mannered uh, high school chemistry teacher, uh, ends up becoming a, a ruthless drug lord uh, with his making and uh, selling uh, crystal meth and uh, having a lot of fun along the way, uh, except for, you know, uh, yeah, um, that 25, sorry, I'm just making a note of the particular line because uh, for the hypothetical people listening with a Bible, at hand, uh, I want to direct you toward these two lines because the connection is very interesting. Uh, that there's a thing in Breaking Bad where, like, the attention to detail on colors, on what colors people are wearing and how they relate to mood or uh, the plot stuff, that uh there is also a very interesting detail which is that when after walter has uh killed someone which spoiler alert happens a few times in the show uh we then see him pick up uh some quality or habit or something that we've seen that character do, which is not only very clever in itself, but 
well, the first time it happens, it's that uh, uh, the guy wants uh, the crusts cut off his sandwich. Uh, then Walter does that for his own later in the episode. Uh, that there are a few of these that happen, these connections where Walt can't possibly be aware of those connections. And there's this sort of implication uh, of it being uh, by osmosis or just a uh, almost supernatural connection. It's just a very clever, very subtle thing. Uh, that uh, the fact that that is maintained throughout the show and without spoilers, but just letting you know uh, that in the end of the show, uh, they definitely, um, that it pops up all the way from the first season to the very conclusion of the show is uh, remarkable. And that's where, (laughs) of all things, I want to jump back to the book of Samuel and the character of Joab, who currently I'm writing uh, what I consider to be there's that alarm again. Again, right as I'm about to start, as I'm getting to the sword. Uh, and now that I'm there, I can shut the damn thing off. <laughs> Again, bear with me. Or don't. Okie doke. So... Get ready to have your minds blown. So, I'm writing something with Joab, which I consider to be, uh, I'm saying, biblical off-roading, meaning that uh, some of what I'm doing falls under... uh, You could also call what I'm doing uh, Midrashim, which uh, is a thing in uh, Jewish literature uh, of retelling or expanding upon biblical stories uh, and interpretation or drawing out a particular image or explaining something that seems... Uh, obscure or ambiguous. Uh, and essentially, uh, <laughs> if that all of that is new to you, uh, you could consider this stuff to be biblical fan fiction, essentially. Uh, and a lot of it is, ba- or really most of it by weight by mass, whatever, by fractions, however you look at it, uh, most of it is based directly upon language or upon a scene that, uh, 
like with the Ten Commandments and the Prince of Egypt and other movies that uh, Rugrats did it too. Rugrats, awesome. And to their credit very much, they actually did a uh, Passover episode before they did uh, Hanukkah, even though the network uh, said, why don't you do a Hanukkah or Christmas episode? They insisted on uh, doing uh, Pesach first, which is uh, commendable. And uh, a lot of these stories are based like that directly on the material uh, from the books. And personally, uh, The Prince of Egypt is my favorite, partly because uh, aside of the remarkable animation, which DreamWorks again, actually, when Spielberg was starting the company, he said, you know, the first animated thing they're gonna do would be the Passover story. Uh, and I love the way that they elaborate upon the relationship between Ramses and Moses, because Moses was uh, came down the Nile in a basket and was drawn out of the rushes uh, and raised as a prince of Egypt. Uh, so the fact is that he and the Pharaoh, the future Pharaoh, uh, were raised as brothers, essentially. And the movie uh, uh, Prince of Egypt uh, really, wait a minute, it is Prince of Egypt, right? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, Prince of Egypt uh, is on Hulu, looks like, if you have it. Uh, and Passover's coming up, so we'll have more to talk about about that. But I absolutely love the way uh, that they elaborate on the relationship between the two of them, because that's very worth exploring. And uh, they don't, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, what's the word, black and white? It's... Uh, sort of a diametrical opposition between the two of them in the original narrative and in uh, the way they usually play it. But uh, Prince of Egypt really has uh, empathy for Ramses as well. And you see the hard uh, relationship between two brothers uh, in that movie. So, uh, outstanding animation, some fun musical numbers, but we're getting far afield from Joab, and I wasn't expecting this deviation. Uh, this is what I'm loving about the podcast. I don't want to ramble, but I do know the subject I'm talking about, and I'm letting myself, you know, sort of have these asides, but, you know, I'm trying to control it, and we'll keep doing so. Uh, but Breaking Bad has this thing where when Walter 
uh, has killed somebody that we then see him trying on the same kind of hat or something. Uh, And so in the second book of Samuel, when we first encounter the character of Joab, uh, there's a whole revenge tragedy cycle associated with him, uh, which is part of what I'm writing in uh, my Midrash, which also uh, includes things where I'm expanding upon that character. And I mentioned much earlier in this, the David and Bathsheba story, the people uh, know either they've heard of her or they know the broad strokes of it uh, about the fact that because she got pregnant uh, and David wanted to cover this up, he invites uh, uh, the husband, Uriah the Hittite, back from uh, the war and tries to get him to go home and uh, sleep with his wife for plausible deniability. But, uh, but Uriah is just like, no, so long as my men sleep in the field, I too will sleep outside and all this, whatever. I'll stay in the barracks while I'm in town, something like this. And so David then uh, has him ordered to be sent to the front line somewhere where he knows that uh, Uriah will be killed and then uh, he can, you know, do that thing. Uh, And people don't know about the fact that the child with Bathsheba is uh, not stillborn, but is born uh, and only lives for a week. And there's a very tragic uh, part of that story, as well as the, ooh, it's an affair, you know, little thing uh, people have. But, you know, God is not happy about what David did. And, uh, you know, it's not like God doesn't, God isn't passive aggressive. (laughs) We'll move on with that thought. So another thing people don't know about that story is that when David gave the order uh, for Uriah to be sent to the front lines, uh, he gave that order through Joab. Because Joab is someone who does not mind or has a history of having blood on his hands. And so uh, the thing that I noticed, because I'm looking closely at the character when, you know, people don't know him, unless you're familiar with these books, but uh, he's a supporting role. He's not David. Uh, (laughs) And also, uh, much to my amusement, and I think and hope a lot of people's uh, entertainment, uh, Joab is the most 
Game of Thrones character probably in the whole Bible. There are uh, four major assassinations that he carries out, each of which could be the last two minutes of an episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, And for those of you uh, who might not be familiar with that show, uh, between Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, both of those are excellent. Both of those have changed the landscape, uh, what is possible in uh, ongoing... the phrase keeps eluding me, but uh, long form, uh, long form television stuff with uh, character arcs, and in and I'm coming up on twenty one minutes. The podcast lets you do thirty at a time, so I. Uh, I'm going to start this, but just heads up, I'm going to have a little pause and uh, then uh, I'm going to, we have effects, so I'm going to do a record scratch just for the hell of it. Uh, (laughs) But so David gives that order to Joab and there's a particular thing in the phrasing uh, of that order, which is fascinating. And it is fascinating because of chapter two of the second book of Samuel, uh, chapter two, line 26. Uh, and while I take a minute, which will be a moment for you to, uh, add that record scratch and start a second uh, segment for this podcast, uh, please turn to that page in your books and feel free to check it out. I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed with that record scratch. Uh, But okie doke, I guess that's the one they give me. Uh, so we are back. Uh, 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 I know I need to always ums and ahs, but so we were in the palace of King David giving that order to Joab, and that is in chapter 11, second book of Samuel. Uh, line 25. And uh, the connection there is to second book of Samuel chapter two, verse or line 26. So in the first one, uh, oh, well, really, I started explaining the second. So So he gives that order through Joab, and Joab sends back a messenger because there wasn't texting then. Uh, This would probably be done with WhatsApp today uh, or something else secure. (laughs) But so uh, 
he says something back to Joab, and this is mind-blowing because this isn't marked in the commentary I'm reading. Excellent commentary, Robert Alter. Uh, absolutely uh, worth checking out if you are interested in all of this. Uh, but because I'm looking closely at Joab and certain things about the character, this leapt out at me uh, in the first line there. Uh, and perhaps because I've given you both of the lines, you can see the connection. Uh, but this is in the start of Abner's story where Abner, son of Ner, cousin to the recently deceased uh, uh, King Saul, who uh, the death of Saul is basically the end of Act One. What they call the books of Samuel really is only one story. It's split into two, and the demarcation point is the death of King Saul uh, and then the ascension of David. So uh, at the start of book two, in the course of uh, all the dust settling and shit, uh, Abner uh, in battle, uh, Abner kills one of Joab's brothers. Uh, and speaking of Game of Thrones, uh, it's actually a pretty uh, ugly way to... Uh, it's an old soldier's trick uh, thing, and it's not why I'm doing this podcast, so you're welcome to look it up. But, uh, but Joab basically is running after Abner and uh, that faction. Uh, and over a ridge or something, uh, and where the Benjamites are uh, standing, uh, Abner looks back and calls out to Joab, uh, he says, must the sword devour forever? You surely know that it will be bitterness in the end. And how long will you not say to the troops to turn back from their brothers? And the first four words of that are five, must the sword devour forever, is obviously a very profound and uh, you know, the what you can get from that phrase. So I've been meditating on and, you know, it has relation to this character who is, uh, there is blood upon his feet and upon uh, his legs and upon the belt that was about his waist. Joab is a butcher, really. Uh, but it's interesting that in this first, uh, uh, the introduction of the character, that 
it's actually Abner who kills Joab's brother and starts off this revenge cycle. Uh, but the actually the particular way that he kills uh, Asahel or Asahel uh, is mirrored in uh, one of these weird poetic echoes that's the reason that I love this book so much and primarily the stuff I'm podcasting that I'm deeply enjoying being able to discuss this or to talk about this and hopefully get people interested in reading this more deeply because it's not all that thys and thou shalts and begat begats that people get bored with from the older books. Uh, the Samuel saga is actually uh, surprisingly uh, modern and readable, still timeless. And Robert Alter's translation and commentary by under the title of the David story uh, is very much geared toward making it more readable uh, and succeeds wildly in that. So uh, jumping then from that odd echo, which already a bit uh, is similar to the Breaking Bad thing, the, you know, an eye for an eye, and in this case, something a bit different, but uh, it's the same way to kill somebody, but under very different circumstances. Uh, but the important question, as Abner put it, is must the sword devour forever? Uh, and he says this to Joab, while David is off someplace else. And this is uh, in a very, um, David isn't there, is he? He's, how's it Judas, Mother David? No, I don't think David is present at this, but still it's a moment that's clearly uh, yeah, it says Joab, son of Zeruiah, and the servants of David had sallied forth, uh, line 13 of chapter 2. But unless someone corrects me or I've overlooked a line, David isn't there. Um, and this is where the mind-blowing comes in and just how insanely clever uh, the writer of this book is. I know social distancing and everything, but I would want to give this guy a hug. If there's any historical figure, uh, you know, that game, if you could have uh, dinner or talk with any historical figure, I would love to get a drink with uh, the actual Samuel and whatever the fuck that guy was like or how this was all inspired. Uh, because the thing with uh, Joab killing Abner in essentially the same way 
as Abner had killed his brother, but in a very different context, which uh, is worth explanation and discussion, but is not the topic of uh, this podcast. Uh, So if you're interested, you can see that yourself. But that happens in chapters two and three of the second book, of Act Two. Uh, And so that's the kind of thing, and it's a very direct relation. Uh, So it makes sense, uh, the connection there. But in chapter 11, significantly later in the story, and in a very different context, that again, if you want to hold the two up to alongside each other and try to make something of the parallel, there's very definitely something to uh, dig into here. And when I've made the point, I'm going to tie off uh, the podcast and uh, do the description, send this one out. Uh, it's a good daily thing, either to be audiobooking or doing this thing. It's a good focusing thing for quarantine. Um, you know, just give a little schedule and regularity and everything. Uh, but in chapter 11, when David sends back the messenger to Joab and uh, having gotten the news of uh, all of these terrible deaths and taking uh, the city, is uh, it Thebes? Thebes looks like. Uh, but so uh, when he gets the news that Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, has been killed on the front lines. Uh, the message that he sends back to Joab uh, is, let this thing not seem evil in your eyes, for the sword devours sometimes one way and sometimes another. Battle all the more fiercely against the city and destroy it. And right there, there, it's the same verb. It's important that it's the same verb because often it is in biblical Hebrew and in this uh, insanely clever work of literature that uh, when they hark back to something specifically on a phrase or verb or the fact that someone is riding out with 400 men uh, in a particular, you know, uh, this whole thing. Uh, and that one's for another day. Uh, but both times this is being said to Joab, it's something being said to Joab first by someone who has killed his brother and is saying, you know, 
why does there always have to be bloodshed? Uh, you know, uh, and that whole context. But David is not there. David doesn't see or experience this. Uh, but later on, David says to Joab, uh, basically, oh, uh, NBD, the sword devours one way or another, lol. Like, that is basically the tone in the context of the story. He's very, you know, dismissive, resending the message uh, because these things, he wants to have stuff observed and like, oh, I'm terribly sorry to hear that, but, uh, and to use another idiom that comes from this book, uh, but don't take it to heart. So in this case, David is covering up for his sneaky shit. And Joab is someone who has a lot of blood on his hands, but all the same, it's a very significant and very, very clever uh, callback to something that was said to Joab, again, a supporting character and someone who I think there's a great story to be written about and in a world post Game of Thrones, I think that uh, more people not familiar with the literature uh, can get interested in the character and the way that I'm approaching this but it's a character that probably has not gotten a lot of direct study. Certainly, uh, you know, there, there are definitely people who read this stuff closely and probably people have noticed this before in the millennia between when this was written and when this podcast is being recorded. Uh, in such a different time and place and such a different world that we live in now, even from February of this year, but, uh, but certainly from a thousand BC to here to now, uh, but just like Walter White uh, there's a echo later in the show. I'm not going to specify uh, the context, but there's a thing where uh, someone uh, goes into the bathroom and takes off his glasses and puts them uh, over to the side and goes to get sick in the uh, toilet, you know, is uh, ridding himself of something. Uh, and this is something uh, Walter has absolutely no idea about. This is something happening in a different country and a private moment. 
uh, you know, solid uh, for anybody who uh, might remember wants a uh, connection to uh, where you can find that. Uh, but such an excellent show. But later in the show, we see Walter, the same shot work, the same angles, doing that exact same motion. And there are a few other uh, connections like that. Um, that bathroom, Walter. Um, yeah, just... Uh, Hmm. Yeah, questions. Um, yeah, I can go through the Breaking Bad wiki after I <laughs> finish with the podcast, but I think it's actually a surprisingly very apt uh, analog between the two of them. And while this is all fresh in my mind, I'm going to write up my little essay to go with the podcast. I'm going to link a few things and I'm going to leave it to you. I hope that this is finding you well and safe and quarantined somewhere with or without a Bible handy. Uh, and I hope that uh, this stuff will get people more interested in reading the original, I know that uh, it's really got me, obviously. Uh, and I'm going to continue podcasting about it. So if you're enjoying it, uh, I hope you'll continue to. And you can find me on Twitter at time of posting. I need to say that earlier in the episode in case, you know, you haven't made it this far. Uh, or, you know, uh, do it at the beginning and end, but, uh, forgive me. I am, but a young podcaster and have much to learn. So again, those citations more important than my Twitter handle, which, uh, again is at time of posting that those two citations, which I'll have in my little essay, uh, if you want to look this up and uh, see for yourself what you can draw from the connection between Abner and David uh, and Joab's relation to both of them and Walter White, <laughs> you know, uh, I hope that you either have enjoyed these two uh, works of total beautiful and uh, both very violent uh, sagas. Uh, and if not, Breaking Bad is on Netflix and uh, the Bible is in bedside drawers all over the place. So just keep an eye out for them and there's a decent shot you'll find one in the next uh drawer you open so good luck stay healthy and 
sei gesandt.